podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome back to another edition of Double or Nothing. I'm Patrick Previty, and that's Mason Migliera. And today we have the MLB trade deadline special. The trade deadline uh, was set 6 p.m. yesterday. Mason, before we get into all that, how are you doing? Oh, I'm very, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, obviously, we're talking trade deadline, so I am very excited about that. As we, as everybody knows, I'm a big Marlins fan. Uh, we are buyer. We were buyers this year. This is the first time. If you want to count 2020 when we got Starling Marte, like yeah, cool. But this is the first time in a full regular season that we are buyers and we're going all in. So I was very excited about that. Um, but in general, I'm chilling. I saw the Oppenheimer movie last night. Pretty damn good. Um, but yeah, really excited to talk about this. Yeah, well, I also saw the Oppenheimer movie last night. We did not go see it together. We saw it at separate theaters, separate locations, but we both saw it pretty much at the same time. Yeah. Great movie. Very confusing movie. If you don't know history, then yeah, it's probably a little it was it was very confusing. But it was a it was actually like really, really well done. Like uh I can't remember the dude's name that made the movie, but he's like he's made Interstellar and up movies like that. So he's very into that kind of thing. And um yeah, it, it, it was beautifully put together. Uh, the music, the the going from black and white. I literally watched a YouTube video when I got home because I was like, I need to figure out what the heck was going on. So anyways, but that's not what we're talking about today. As much, as great as the Oppenheimer movie was, we are talking about the trade deadline. Um, I guess we can just hop right into it. I mean, the very first team that made a move was the Rangers. They are leading the AL West this year. They've been playing phenomenal. They are going through a bunch of injuries at the moment, but they made a move really early on, uh, getting Aroldis Chapman, freaking six foot three left-hander, uh, throws hundred miles an hour plus. I mean, he's going to fit right in at the back of that bullpen. Um, anything that kind of has stood out to you early on in the trade deadline? Well, I'll piggyback off of the Rangers a little bit. I like that they were buyers. There were some teams that were in, like, that were very competitive and were much better than they were last year, like including the Reds that didn't really make any splashes. But the Rangers went out, and they obviously added an arm uh, to their bullpen, and they ended up adding Max Scherzer, too, later on. So I I liked what the Rangers did. I think when it kind of comes down to, like, assessing how a team did during the trade deadline, it's all about whether or not they were buyers and sellers. And, you know, how that kind of correlates to where they are as a franchise. And the Rangers are much improved this year. One of the better teams um, uh, over the compared to last season. And um, I'm I'm happy that they were able to make a move. They needed arms. They needed pitching. And they got yeah. it. They, they sure did. They needed that pitching. They needed to sure up the back end of that bullpen because Will Smith with them this year, he hasn't been fantastic um but he's been durable but they needed that other arm which is what Aroldis Chapman is for them and then obviously you brought it up Max Scherzer he is a huge name he is a marquee uh starting pitcher he's making a bunch of money he was just with the Mets who surprisingly ended up being sellers this year um obviously nobody saw that coming but um yeah the Rangers they are going through injuries as I said Corey Seager is on the IL right now um, they also have Jonah Heim who has been injured. So they also did a little bit of catching reassurance where they picked up Austin Hedges from the Pirates. Uh, Austin Hedges, he's not a very good offensive catcher, but um, he will help bridge that gap from the time that uh, until Jonah Heim comes back. Um, but another team 
that had that made a move pretty early on July 19th were the, was the Orioles. They picked up uh, the I like to call him the Kmart Shohei Otani, even though he's not he doesn't hit. He's just Japanese. Uh, Shinataro Fujinami. Uh, that's a very difficult name to pronounce, but that another one just stirring up the back of the bullpen. And then the Braves, they were also making moves early on. Uh, they got two bullpen pieces. Uh, Taylor Hearn, who they ended up flipping in another trade off to look for what that one was. I can't remember. And then they also got Pierce Johnson from uh, from the Rockies. So obviously the uh, the the Braves are all in. They are leading the. They're probably the best team in baseball right now. Not even close. I mean, being in the same division as them, it, it, it's it's so tough. What do you see from this Braves team post trade deadline? Do you think that they should have done more? Did they do enough? Did they just do what they needed to do? Stand pat, whatever. Well, I think considering just how their division looks right now and the kind of lead that they have, I'm cool with what they did. I, I they're still favorites. I I believe to win the World Series. I think the last time I looked at the odds was earlier today, and they were plus three fifty, and that was obviously the highest of any team in Major League Baseball. The Phillies didn't make a ton of moves as they had last season. They were usually known for being more aggressive at the, at the trade deadline, and they weren't. So as far as that division, obviously, then they have like what a thirteen game lead on the Marlins as well. So they, you know, they're going to be sitting comfortable as far as like going into the playoffs. So it's just about like staying healthy, I think, yep. um, a little bit. But I, I was I was happy with what the Braves did. I thought that they were they're going to be just fine as far as um, as far as postseason. Agreed. They're, they're going to get that uh, by. They're just going to go straight to the divisional round. Um, they Again, they didn't need to make any moves. Uh, maybe a starting pitcher would have been good for them, but they do have Max Freed coming back, um, I think this weekend or next weekend, something very, very soon. So that in itself is is a pickup for them at the trade deadline a little bit after without having to give anybody up because it's a pitcher that they already had. Um, but you were talking about the Phillies. The Phillies, uh, they, they didn't do a whole lot. They did get Michael Lorenzen. Uh, they needed that starting pitcher. He is going to start tomorrow for them against the Marlins. Um, but other than that, they didn't make any big moves. Uh, last year, they got Brandon Marsh, who was uh, phenomenal for them in the postseason and helped lead them to the World Series. So it was kind of interesting to see that the Phillies did not make any huge move. But then again, I don't think I don't think they really needed to because they have such a good team. Um, obviously, they, they don't have Reese Hoskins because of that ACL injury from uh, early on in the year uh, in, in spring training. But they're going to be just fine, and uh, they're going to be battling it out with the Marlins and the Cubs and the Giants. Uh, oh my God, maybe Padres. The Padres ended up buying. Uh, let's let me switch back over to the American League, where the biggest trade that we had on July 26th that was like the first big one that happened. It was Lucas Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez heading over for two very top prospects from the uh, Angels system. Left-handed pitcher Kai Bush and catcher who uh, Edgar Cuero, who he immediately became the number two prospect in the White Sox system. Um, the White Sox they were sellers this this uh, this trade deadline. They got rid of a bunch of their players um, and and they shirt up very very nicely. This this trade with the Angels has not really worked out for them so far um, for, in the Angels aspect because Lucas Giolito he's made two starts. And he just finished up his second one today against the Braves, and the Braves lit him up. Um, what What are your thoughts so far on this Angels and White Sox trade? 
Well, I think it's kind of interesting whenever a team is selling and you can kind of say like, oh, these prospects are going to like um, be right in their system and be one of the top prospects for them. I mean, that's obviously good. The White Sox are way beyond any sort of competitiveness this year. And I liked as far as what the Angels are doing, I think they're kind of just digging their heels and they're going to say, we're trying everything that we can to say we're we want to make the playoffs this year. And it's a real possibility, obviously, that they don't. I mean, they're 56 and 53, three and a half games out of the wild card, like if you if you miss the playoffs, Shohei Otani leaves, and now you you've traded some of your prospects that you had had in your system. Um, it's kind of an all or nothing feeling, I think. I know Angels fans are probably just like hoping and praying. You have two generational players on the same team, and you just hope that you can kind of pull out something. And I think for the front office, you know, you've had so many years where you've heard it from everybody. Um, it's I say kudos for them to them for trying, honestly, for going for it. I mean, if Anthony Rendon could come back and be healthy, that's another bat in their lineup. That I mean, I think that they can possibly make make a run, but obviously the AL I mean, if the AL East um you know, if they stop beating up on each other a little bit, maybe. But we'll, we'll yeah, we'll see what happens. Um what when they when they came out and they said that they were not trading Shohei Otani, I wasn't sure how to feel about it um, because obviously he is a generational talent. He is the best player that we've probably ever seen. Um, but keeping him and going for all all for all out, I think respect to them. They're allowed to do that. They made that decision. They do have Mike Trout coming back in a couple weeks for that September October run and that push that they're going to need to get into the playoffs, they're probably going to be going for a wild card. Um, but, you know, you feel good because Shohei Otani, he can single-handedly win you a three-game series in the wild card uh, with whoever. And if they're in the third – if they're third place, they're going to play the team that wins the AL Central. And the AL Central, it's going to be the Twins or the Guardians. And the two of them, they could end up being below 500 and winning the division. So that's a really, really good spot for them to be in. And they also made other trades too. They made one uh, yesterday at the, uh, at like six o'clock or maybe just before they shirt up more and they got Randall Gritchick and CJ Crone from the Rockies who were sellers as well. So let, let me ask you, do you think, I think I know your answer, but do you think it was the correct decision to keep Otani and go all for it? Or should they have traded him and gotten multiple prospects and MLB ready um, players right now. My, my brain says that they should have traded him probably considering where the franchise is at. You already do technically have um, your franchise player. You have your $300 million man. Actually, I think it might be even more than that. I don't know what exactly Trout's contract is looking like, but you have them under contract for what, like the next 10 plus years. Um, you already kind of have that centerpiece. So my brain is telling me, you know what, like you're not going to probably not going to trade trout. Obviously he's already under that contract. So if you try to trade Otani, um, you'll get back a haul and you'll be able to try to build um, a, a team around trout. Like you've always tried to do for his first 10 plus years in the league. But my gut also says that, you know, you have, gold here it's almost like you have Babe Ruth when he was on the Red Sox don't trade him away you know and you know he's good you know Otani's good so it's a little different I guess in that sort of scenario but um 
my gut just tells me I like at least saying, you know what, we're going to try it. And if we lose out on it, we just we lose out. You know, maybe he comes back after they miss the playoffs, too. You, you know, maybe maybe that happens. I mean, yeah, who knows? Maybe he doesn't. I hear like, obviously, because, you know, foreign player, like he's got destinations and cities that he would rather play for, maybe more so than actual like teams and how they're built. And if the Angels and I'm sure they are willing to willing to pay him like that top dollar, just like um, other places that he might be interested in, then he might come back regardless. So we will have to see what happens. That's going to be probably the, no, it's going to be the biggest talking point of the off season without a doubt. Um, But moving on from the angels, we're going to talk about my Marlins for a minute. They made a move pretty early on a couple days before on July 28th. They made a shocking trade, and they got David Robertson from the rival Mets. First of all, nobody saw the Mets uh, being sellers this year. They signed Justin Verlander. They have Starling Marte, Pete Alonso, Francisco Lindor, Max Scherzer. They had all these players, and they had like easily the highest payroll in the entire uh, MLB this year, but they just fell flat on their face. They have not been good this year, and they ended up selling – and uh, they, they sold David Robertson for two uh, prospects from our system in Marco Vargas and Ronald, Ronald Hernandez. That was a very um, interesting. I know a lot of people are like in the Mets side, they're like, you traded David Robertson for two 18 year olds who are never going to, we won't even see for however long, whatever. This is a good trade. I think on both sides, I think that the, uh, the Mets are going to be really, really happy with these two guys. And then last night, David Robertson, he Blows the game for the Marlins. Sandy went eight innings. Obviously, our offense, which I will talk about, we did upgrade that, scored one run. And then Sandy went eight innings. He should have probably had the complete game. But uh, Skip said, no, we're going to bring in Robertson, the guy that we just traded for. And he gives up three runs to the Phillies. And we end up losing that game. That's a really tough loss for uh, for the Marlins. But obviously, with the couple moves that we made, we did acquire Jake Berger. He's got 25 home runs. We uh, traded Jake Eater. He is a very, very nice left-handed starting pitcher that we have. He's in double A. So I expect him next year to be in the majors at some point with the White Sox. So good for them. Um, we need that thump in our lineup. So I, I, I'm happy about that. And then I thought that was all that we were going to do. And at the, at the buzzer, we traded for Josh Bell from the Guardians. We gave up Khalil Watson, who was a shortstop. He is like 19, 20 years old. He was our first round pick out of high school in 2021 or 2022. And uh, we also gave up Gene Segura, who has done pretty much nothing for us all season. He's been a terrible, terrible signing. And for him, unfortunately, he got released by the Guardians. So we'll have to see what happens with him. And then we made one more trade just to clear up some space on the roster because we got a lot of people. Uh, We traded Garrett Cooper, who was our longest tenured player uh, and Sean Reynolds, who is a converted first baseman to a starting pitcher, to a relief pitcher for a young starting pitcher from um, San Diego. So sucks to see Garrett Cooper go, but he hasn't been having a great year. He's going to be a free agent this offseason. So Marlins made some moves. They made they improved their lineup. They uh, the one thing they did not do was get a starting pitcher. I guess maybe Ryan Weathers with with San Diego. We'll see what happens with that. But um what are your thoughts on the Marlins? Do you think that they did enough? Do you think they have a chance this year to at least secure a wild card spot? What are your thoughts on them? Well, it definitely sounds like they did enough. Sounds like they were active. Obviously, the White Sox continue to sell, so they were a part of that kind of like give us whoever you got, whoever you're selling 
um, thing. I think the Marlins are in a, are in an interesting spot considering how competitive their division is right now. Um, you, you know, obviously, like with the Braves, they're running away with it. Like you, you know, the Braves are going to win that division and everything like that. But they're kind of right neck and neck with the Philadelphia Phillies. So, um, I, I would say that they can that they'll probably be able to if they can beat some of the central teams such as like the brewers and the cubs who are also going for it beat them out and slip into one of those wild card spots i think they'll be just fine i mean they are much improved and i think that they'll probably benefit i think from the mets selling and getting off of their tail so there's no miracle met situation where they you know their their arms catch fire or anything like that and they can come back um i think they were already like what six games behind uh the marlins so, I mean, I like what they did and everything that you said uh, for that. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be really fun for the Marlins uh, this this second half after the trade deadline. Uh, we do have a tough schedule, but well, that'll be for later when we talk as baseball gets into like September, October. Uh, moving on to the Dodgers, they made a very big trade again. Talking about the White Sox, they were selling. Uh, they tr- they acquired Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly um, from the White Sox for. Two right-handed pitchers in Nick Nastrini and Jordan Leisure, and as well as Trace Thompson, who has the brother of uh, NBA star Clay Thompson. Uh, good trade for the Dodgers. They needed that starting pitcher, uh, and they got that, and they got some relief help as well in Joe Kelly. Lance Lynn has been very, very good for a long time, so hopefully uh, for the Dodgers that he can continue doing that. The Astros reacquired Kendall Graveman. He was on the team um, a couple years ago, and he got traded to the Mariners, and then the Mariners traded him to the White Sox. Um, I believe that's how it went. I I could be wrong. And then, yep, here's that trade for Max Scherzer with the Rangers. Uh, Get it. The Mets did acquire um, a bunch of young guys. They got Ronald Acuna Jr.'s brother. uh, What's his name? Uh, Luis Angel Acuna. So now there's going to be two Acuna brothers in the a- or in the NL East. I'm hating that so much. Um, the Blue Jays, they acquired Jordan Hicks from the Cardinals. Absolute fr- flamethrower. He throws 104 with movement. Absolutely disgusting. Um, the Blue Jays also did acquire Paul DeYoung from the, um, from the Cardinals uh, later, a couple, uh, like two days later or something. So that was good for them because Bo Bichette did get hurt. So that's just going to sure up the depth for at their shortstop position. And keeping on with the Cardinals, they they were sellers this year, which is very interesting because they have Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado. Um, if you have those two guys, you don't expect to be selling. But they ended up trading Jordan Montgomery and Chris Stratton to the Rangers, who, as we've been talking about, are buyers for a couple prospects whom I've actually never heard of. So we'll see how that pans out. Um, are you shocked to see the, the Cardinals selling with a very kind of interesting NL central with, you know, the Reds being so young and then the Cubs who were surprising, uh, to not be selling, they could have very easily sold Cody Bellinger and Marcus Stroman and gotten a bunch of value for that. The Brewers who are, eh, you never know how they're going to be. They kind of didn't do anything crazy and the Pirates were not very good. Yeah, the entire division kind of confused me a little bit. I was um surprised that the Cubs didn't uh didn't sell. I mean, they could get a ton for Cody Bellinger. He's literally has like a career resurgence. So I guess they're just gonna keep buying in on that. And they're just gonna say, Hey, we're gonna we're not trying to flip him or anything. We're just gonna go for it. Which 
uh, like I said, commendable, but sometimes your brain tells you, what are you doing instead of like, um, instead of going with your gut, you know, um, as far as selling, I think the Cardinals were just too far out of it. So I understand why they were selling. And then obviously, um, you know, getting, being able to fortify your bullpen, um, with those, with those arms is good, um, as well. So, I mean, I, I can't really, I can't really knock, um, any of them. I think the Brewers are right into it, but I don't think they did much either at this deadline. The um, only thing that they did was get Carlos Santana. Oh, they also did get Mark Canna again from the Mets who were selling. So that division is pretty – I think it's going to be – it's going to end up being between um, the Reds, who did not do anything, which is very shocking. They they needed to do something, so that's going to hurt them. And then the Brewers and maybe the Cubs. I don't know. We'll see what happens with the Cubs. Going to the um, AL Central back there, that division is just – god awful um the twins are probably going to win it with an 80 and 82 record the guardians they got rid of their probably their most reliable starting pitcher at the moment in aaron savali he got traded to the rays for a very very nice uh first base prospect and kyle manzardo people were raving about him but aaron savali he was probably their best pitcher um He's going to go over to the Rays, and he's just going to get with their system. And the Rays, they just do something with their pitchers, man. And they just find a way to rejuvenate their careers, right? That's the word. Anyways, um, then the Diamondbacks, they they made uh, a move uh, to get Paul Seawall from the Mariners for a couple of uh, major league players and Josh Rojas and Dominic Canzone, uh, as well as Ryan Bliss. So that stirs up the back of their bullpen. And then the Cubs, this was their big move. They acquired Jamer Candelario from the Nationals. That is a very, very big move. He was talked about a lot with a lot of teams. Um, yeah, so I, he was talked about with the Marlins, so I was kind of upset about that one. But there's the Cubs making a move right there. Cubs also acquired a, a relief pitcher. Uh, the Reds did acquire a relief pitcher from the A's, but nothing of, of, of note. And then the Diamondbacks, again, they uh, they got a more depth with Jace Peterson. Royals, Tucker Davidson. Uh, Rays, that's not a big deal. Another one, not a big deal. Not a big deal. Another small one. Another small one. Another small one. Trying to see any of these big ones. Nope, nothing crazy. I'm getting up to the August 1st, so these are all the ones that happened yesterday. Um... Oh, the Braves acquiring Brad Hand, another bullpen guy for them. That's huge. Uh, yeah, we already talked about the Marlins, Austin Hedges to the Rangers. The Brewers did acquire Andrew Chafin from the Diamondbacks, which was kind of interesting because I feel like they need that bullpen arm in in uh, in Arizona. But um, yeah, then the Yankees. They do you have any any comments on the Yankees? How quiet they were. Do you think they should have been buyers? Should they have been sellers or did they just stand pat? Because the only move that they made was a co- was acquiring Kenyon Middleton from the White Sox, who was a bullpen arm. And the one strength that the Yankees have right now is their bullpen, maybe other than having Aaron Judge. But what was what's your thought on that? Yeah, I was wondering actually if we were going to get to the Yankees. I mean, last in the division is an awful look to not uh, to not be like buyers or anything like that. They just were unusually quiet. They needed um they needed certainly more than they already got they're 55 and 52 11 games back from the Orioles but they're that would be good enough to be the top um team in the in the AL Central 
So it's like, I was a little confused. Status quo just doesn't seem like the way to go for them. Uh, maybe Nestor Cortez can help, but he's had a 5.16 ERA over his last 11 starts. So, I mean, there's, it's just tough as far as the pitching is going right now. I just, it would have been nice to see them do more. Um, they're I think definitely, cool. I would think maybe one of the more, one of the biggest, like head scratchers actually of the of the deadline the fact that they weren't making any like notable moves they didn't do us really anything unless other than that Kenyon middleton trade which was kind of just at the end like okay we need to do something and they just did that like i think they should have sold they should have sold glaber torres uh i know there was a lot of talk about him they harrison bader they could have gotten some value for him they're not going to go anywhere this season it's we're in august and they're they're in last place in the al east so uh, I know we got friends that are big um, Yankee fans, so I don't know. I think they should have sold. Um, going to the other coast, though, the Padres, they made a bunch of moves. They got Rich Hill and G-Man Choi from the Pirates. Obviously talked about how they got um, Garrett Cooper from the Marlins. They also acquired Scott Barlow from the Royals. That's another bullpen arm for them. I was kind of surprised that they ended up buying. They are, like, four or five games out of the wild card. And I don't know how many games out of uh, the the West they are, but they have a really good team. What do you expect from them? Um, the, the second half post trade deadline kind of uh, kind of expect, what are your expectations for them? Well, I think they could catch up to the teams who did not do enough, including the giants and the diamondbacks. I Very think they could catch up to both of them. I mean, considering they're eight and a half games back from the Dodgers, but they're, only four games back from the Diamondbacks. So I think that they could catch up, especially in uh, in the NL West. I don't know if I really expect, though, for a wild card for them. It's been kind of disappointing considering, you know, the amount of money that they've spent on this roster um, and where they're at. But I don't know if they can get to the wild card um, range right now. They are still four and a half games back from the Brewers. And, you know, like you said, with the Marlins and the Cubs, they're both going for it. They have they both made plenty of moves. Um, I just don't know uh, if they can get to that level in the wild card. But I think like considering where the Diamondbacks are and maybe they might drop back that like the Padres could continue to make it competitive. But I don't know if I see a wild card spot there for them. What about you? Yeah, no, I, I don't know. They have such a talented team. I mean, when you have yeah. Fernando Tatis and you have Manny Machado, Hassan Kim has been so good for them. They they bought. I mean, they got Garrett Cooper. He's a clutch bat. I'm telling you, he is so clutch. He's going to help out their first base situation because Cronenworth is really not the best first baseman. Um, but look at the look at this. The the Padres are four and a half out of a wild card spot, and then the Mets are six and a half. The Mets sold. The Padres bought a difference of two games. That's crazy to me that like that is the difference between buying and selling just two games. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens with the Padres. I, I have I have good thoughts. I, I think that they can do something. I hope they don't. I mean, I hope the Marlins get this third wild card spot and, uh, you know, they don't have to worry about the Padres, but. The last, there's two more things I want to talk about. Uh, the Orioles made a trade at the very end. They are probably one of the most surprising teams in baseball right now, leading the the AL East, that stacked AL East. I think the only thing they needed to do was get a starting pitcher, and they did that. They got Jack Flaherty from the Cardinals. 
He is a very reliable starter. He's been in the league for a couple of years. Um, he's not having a fantastic year, but um, he's durable and, and he can eat innings. So I think that was a very, very important move that they made. And then probably I would say the biggest move of the entire deadline was Justin Verlander going back to the Houston Astros. Um I think that's a, a great move for the Astros. I know people are like, he's so old, he's so old. Um, but I think it's a good move for them. Uh, what are your thoughts? Um, I think it's an amazing move. Uh, well, I guess we'll start with the Orioles, and then I'll make my way back into the uh, AL West. I I agree. Yeah, the Orioles caught up to the race. The Rays were obviously on some insane amount of uh, of pace, maybe a little bit too uh, too quick out the gates. Um. But their bats kind of cooled off a little bit, and the Orioles were able to catch up. I think the Orioles getting an arm to solidify like a postseason run for them is really crucial, and I like what they did. Um, they're a game and a half above the Rays, I think. Uh, so I like where the Orioles are standing. I think that this is this looks like a legit team that can make some noise. Um, but I like the Astros still in the American League. After what they've done, getting Verlander back, having that home reunion, I believe they're going to play the Yankees in the uh, over the weekend. I think he'll make his debut, and that that should be pretty fun, pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know the Rangers in that same division got Scherzer, but Verlander's in a much better uh, position right now as far as – More comfortable. Yeah, more comfortable. He's leader in the clubhouse. I mean, he yeah. knows all those guys. He was literally just there. So uh-huh. – and he's in a better he's in better shape right now. He's having a better season. So I think that move benefits the Astros more than Scherzer going to the Rangers. I, and obviously I, that's I, neck and neck. They're just they the Astros just have one extra loss in the um in the yeah. loss column. So it's it, that's essentially a toss up the rest of the way. And I'd have to give it to the Astros. I mean, they were just in the World Series. They mm-hmm. just won the World Series. They just won, yeah. Yes. Exactly. I, I think the difference there is just gonna be the, the Astros are right now, they're getting healthy. They just got Jose Altuve back. They just got Jordan Alvarez back. That's huge for them. And the Rangers, they are losing Jonah Heim, and they've lost uh, Corey Seager. So having – it's – everything depends on health, honestly. If you can't stay healthy, then you're not going to be able to win. If you, you Unless you can overcome it, that would be great. But I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. Um but this was a very, very fun trade deadline. Do you have any other thoughts, any other questions? Well, yes, I'll ask you a question. If yeah. you had to bet as a betting man and as a podcast where we never bet, but it's in the name, essentially, yep. double or nothing. Yep. If you had to double down on any specific team um, that you liked their moves at the trade deadline, who would it be? Who do you think is going to kind of improve? Do I, so do I think who won the trade deadline overall? No, well, yeah, who will two months from now? Well, maybe not two months, but a month and a half from now, who do we say, like, oh, because of this trade deadline, that's why they're here right now? Um, oh boy, I'm really trying to take a look. I really like what, uh, man, I like what the I like what the Rangers did. I think they they made a lot of moves. They it was more for me. I think it was more about the sellers and how they were able to just kind of like get rid of everything they need. Like I think the biggest winners are honestly the White Sox. Like they're not going to do anything this year, but they got so much value back for for the moves that they made. 
like maybe not in two months like they're gonna be like oh yeah this is what this is really good for us i think in two years they're gonna be like wow the moves that we made in the 2023 trade deadline were phenomenal but i would say for two months from now i'll say the rangers and i would say maybe the marlins i'm gonna be i'm gonna be biased because what we got was what we needed the only thing that we didn't get was a starting pitcher, but we have Yuri Perez in the minors and he's going to come up and he's going to absolutely shove for us. But I think the Rangers getting Max Scherzer, that's huge for them. And then they're going to get healthy with Jonah Heim and, and uh, Corey Seager. Yeah. I, I, that's my thought. So, you, so you think the Rangers did more than the Astros? Cause I was just comparing Verlander and Scherzer, those kind of moves for a starting pitcher, but you think that the Rangers did more overall to keep that division you think they would win that that division yeah very strongly yeah yep I, with with everything that's happened this season i really like this rangers team and i'm gonna get a first hand of it um i think this weekend the marlins are going to texas to play them so we'll see maybe maybe i'll have to eat my words but um I, i'll let you know next time we talk about it because what, uh, what's their ceiling what's the rangers ceiling world series i think they can make the world series i really like this team that Nathan Evaldi, that's another thing. He just went on the IL. So once he comes back, you have Max Scherzer, Nathan Evaldi. I don't even have their full depth chart, but they have John Gray. They got Jordan Montgomery. Those are four really, really reliable starting pitchers. And I know I'm forgetting one more. I think Dan Dunning, he's he's a he's very good for them. So and then you got Roldis Chapman in the bullpen with Will Smith. Those are two lockdown guys in the back end. And then you have Adolis Garcia, Marcus Simeon. Uh, Jonah Heim, Corey Seager, Josh Jung. Um, um, who else am I forgetting? Uh, whatever. That's five guys in that lineup that that can carry you. Did I say Corey Seager? Probably. I don't know. Whatever. Janikowski, he's been huge for them this year. Who, who, who even knows who that guy is? I mean, I know who he is, but not the everyday baseball enjoyer knows who Travis Janikowski is. But he's been huge for them this year. I think that their ceiling is definitely – the world series and their their floor they they can get no they'll get a buy because if they win the division they'll be better than the al central winner so they'll get a buy so their floor is the divisional round wow seem pretty confident um (laughs) as far as the al east how do you think that that shakes out who do you think can win that division the rays or the orioles or do you think the jays even with the bachette injury with the bachette injury it depends i mean they're seven and a half back so I, i don't know it, it's it's going to be tough with the Bichette injury. I don't think they're looking at the division. I think that's between the Orioles and the Rays. Um, the Rays did not do anything really at the deadline other than the Aaron Savali trade. And then I think they made some other small one. Um, I think, but I think they sold uh, Luis Patino um, to the Padres or something. But um, I think it's going to be between the Orioles and, and the Rays. The Rays are really struggling right now. They need to catch a hot streak again and, and start playing better baseball because if they don't, they're going to get knocked out real quick. Um, they don't have the starting pitching really, in my opinion, that'll, that'll keep them, but we'll see how Savali does. And, uh, the Orioles, they are really young and really, really good. So obviously led by Adley Rutschman, who is, a he was a star in the home run derby, uh, and, and he's a star in baseball. And I, I really love this team. If there's a team that can be considered America's team, it would either be the Reds or the Orioles. And I like the Orioles. So, okay. Final question. Since it's it's been your episode, you've been dropping so much knowledge everywhere. Um, make a case for the Marlins. Make your oh. best or your biggest homer case, your biggest fan case 
for why they can go all the way. Oof, all the way, huh? Or at least, uh, or at least, shock some people. I think that they can shock some people. This rotation, Sandy Alcantara, he has had two games back to back against the Rays and the Phillies. The Rays, they can make the World Series very easily. I, I mean, they they went thirteen and zero to start the season. Everyone talks about them. They're they have been in the playoffs multiple seasons in a row. He went out complete game against them. Then last night he went eight strong innings shutout against the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, he should have probably thrown a complete game shutout. That would have been two back-to-back. If we can get him back to his Cy Young form, that's game one of, of a series. Then you got Jesus Lazardo. He is lights out from the left-hand side. He has strikeout stuff. If he can control the zone and everything, that's game two. Then game three, you can throw in Yuri Perez. He's a 20-year-old right-handed, six-foot-eight, freaking throwing 100 miles an hour with wipeout stuff. That's three games that you can win because of those three guys. And now with what the what the front office did to shore up the bullpen with Jorge Lopez and David Robertson, who are two very, very proven um, players in the MLB. And then we also got Jake Berger, who has 25 homers on the season. That's pop that we needed. We got Josh Bell. That's pop that we needed at first base, more reliable than Garrett Cooper, in my opinion. And then we also got Ryan Weathers, who if he – he can be the Jesus Lazardo of this year when we traded Starling Marte to the A's. Uh, last year, two years ago, whatever. So, and then we already we have Luis Arise who could potentially hit 400 this year. He's not going to, but he could. Uh, then we got Jazz Chisholm, who everyone knows who Jazz is. Just play the music. And then Jorge Soler, he power on power on power. And then we got John Birdie. I'm going on and on and on. But I really think if we can play to the level that we have been playing at the first half, we can shock some people. Wow, a lot of good stuff. This has been uh, the MLB trade deadline special of Double or Nothing. I'm Patrick Previty, listening to Mason Migliera drop un- unrelenting baseball knowledge on everybody. It's been an absolute treat. We'll be back with the division preview series next, and we will have the NFC North as the next division that we'll be covering. Thank you so much for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network.